We enter into this time and this space to join our hearts and minds together. What is it that we come here seeking? Many things, too many to mention them all. It is likely that some common longings draw us to be with one another, to remember what is most important in life, to be challenged to live more truly, more deeply, to live with integrity and kindness with hope and love, to feel the company of those who seek a common path, to be renewed in our faith of the promise of this life, to be strengthened and to find the courage to do what we must do day after day, world without end. Even if your longings are different than these, you are welcome here. You're welcome in your grief and your joy to be within this circle of companions. We gather here and it is good to be together. These opening words by friend of the congregation, Linda Hart, they welcome all those who've gathered this morning, whether it's on Zoom or over at the watch party at Essex Church, to take part in our Sunday service. Welcome to regular members of the congregation, to any friends and visitors who might be with us today, and also to those who might be listening to the podcast or watching this on YouTube at a later date. For anyone who doesn't know me, my name's Jane Blackall and I'm Ministry Coordinator with Kensington Unitarians. If you're joining us for the first time today, welcome. Very pleased to have you with us. It's under slightly strange circumstances this morning, I know, as we've moved the service online at the last moment. Please do hang around afterwards for a chat if you'd like or drop us an email to say hello and introduce yourself if you'd like to. You might try coming along to one of our other small group gatherings during the week, whether in person or on Zoom, to get to know us a little bit better. And if you're a regular, thanks for all you do to welcome all those who come, because we've all got a part to play in co-creating this sacred space and this sense of beloved community. Feel free to do what you need to do to be comfortable um, if you're on Zoom. It's lovely to see your faces, but it's also fine to keep your camera off. There will be a number of opportunities to join in this morning, um, but there's no compulsion. It's an invitation, not an obligation. As I said this morning, there's a, a change to the advertised programme. Due to all the travel disruption around the Queen's funeral, we decided to move this online and to postpone our Harvest Festival for a few weeks. And instead, we're going to have a sharing service today with all the usual music and hymns, prayers and readings. But instead of a sermon, we'll have an open space of 10 to 15 minutes where anyone who'd like to can share their own reflections on today's theme. And the theme we're exploring is kindness. We'll reflect on the kindnesses we've experienced, the kindnesses that we've done for others and done for ourselves too, and the kindnesses we still yearn for, the ones we feel the lack of in a world that can sometimes seem at best a bit indifferent. But before we go any further, I'm going to light our chalice as we do each time we gather it's a simple ritual that connects us with Unitarians and Unitarian Universalists the world over. 
and it reminds us of the proudly progressive religious tradition of which this gathering is part. A chalice lit in our midst is a symbol of our progressive and liberating faith. A faith built on the foundation of freedom, reason and tolerance. A faith sustained by acts of kindness and justice. A faith that visions a world flourishing with equality for all her people. A faith that demands the living out of goodness. A faith that requires thoughtfulness. A faith of wholeness. This tiny flame is a symbol of the spark of all this within each one of us. So let's take those joys and concerns spoken and unspoken into an extended time of prayer now based on some words by Alex Jensen. You might want to adjust your position to get a bit more comfortable. You might want to close your eyes. If there's a position that helps you to feel more prayerful, perhaps you'll adopt that posture. Whatever helps you to get into the right state of body and mind for us to pray together and be fully present in this time and space with ourselves, each other, and that which is both within us and beyond us. Spirit of life, God of all love, in whom we live and move and have our being. We turn our attention to you, the light within and without, as we tune into the depths of life, the greater wisdom to which and through which we are all intimately connected. Be with us now as we allow ourselves to drop into the stillness and the silence at the very centre of our being. Your world become, your will be done here on earth, inspiring our aspirations to do and be better. May we have all that we need to survive, thrive and truly live. Remind us to be gentle. May we love mercy and kindness recalling the times when we've fallen short ourselves. Call us also to be firm in our resolve to serve the good. May we not be tempted to follow selfish motivations or reside in narrow privilege, unexamined, uninterrogated. Move us to counter and overcome injustice in ourselves, our lives, our institutions. For yours is the beloved community, the fire of commitment in our hearts, and the spirit of generosity and abundance, now and always. In our company this morning and every time we gather in community, 
there will be those whose hearts are broken open by all the world's sufferings, by loss and grief, rejection and loneliness, disappointment and lack of meaning, by all the injustices of this world that we witness with growing anguish and frustration. So let's spend a few moments now directing our personal prayers of loving kindness to all those who suffer this day. In our company this morning and every time we gather in community, there will be those whose hearts are full and overflowing, buoyed by the beauty of nature and culture, comforted and uplifted by family and friends. So let's spend a few more moments directing our prayers of gratitude for all that is good in our lives. In our company this morning and every time we gather in community, there will be those who are simply keeping on, keeping on as best they can. Their hearts a blessed, messy blend of all life's mixed emotions. So let us each spend a moment asking for what we need this day to face life's many ups and downs. Spirit of life, God of all love, as this time of prayer draws to a close, we offer up our joys and our concerns, our hopes and our fears, our beauty and our brokenness, and we call on you for insight, healing and renewal. As we look forward now to the coming week, help us to live well each day and be our best selves, using our unique gifts in the service of love, justice and peace. Amen. Time for us to sing together now. Our first hymn is a simple one based on a Buddhist prayer, May I Be Filled With Loving Kindness. It's a recording of our own congregation singing from a few years ago, so please excuse any coughing and rustling in the recording. And as it is such a short and simple hymn, I thought we could sing it through twice so you've got a chance to pick up the tune and really sink into its message. The words will be up on screen so you can sing along, or you might prefer just to listen. 
you will make sure you're kept muted so no one will hear. May I be filled with loving kindness. Thank you.
Love's Pronoun is Plural by Ilya Kemler. This piece by UU Minister Ilya Kemler opens with a quote from her colleague Kathleen McTeague. Fear's pronoun is singular. We've got to watch out for me and mine. Love's pronoun is plural. We're in this together, and together we can grow things that will blossom even in a time of drought. Ilya continues. My son Caleb and I went to Starbucks on a recent Saturday morning. We often do this as a prelude to the weekly grocery shopping. It sweetens the deal, which is important, as he's about to be 14 and on the autism spectrum. Both of these factors contribute to his resistance to what in the autism world we call non-preferred activities. Caleb is really tall for his age, at six foot four, and still growing. This is a factor because he's big and often gets in people's way without realising. He's also a sweet, sensitive kid. Caleb was standing by the counter waiting for his decaf frappuccino and blocking the path of a young dad trying to herd three small children. The dad said to Caleb, could you get your head out of the clouds and get out of the way? It wasn't horrible, just frustrated and a little unkind. Something a person says when they think other people's kids are being rude. Something a person says when they haven't learned that there are disabilities you can't immediately see. Fortunately, Caleb remained oblivious, but I walked over to the dad and said to him quietly, he's on the autism spectrum. He doesn't know where his body is in space or when he's in someone's way. I didn't add, though I wanted to. You may not realise this yet, but I promise you that someday your children will also need the kindness of strangers. Soon it will be Caleb's decision whether or not to explain himself, but as he gets older and bigger and bigger, my fear gets bigger too. I fear he will be met with more judgment and less understanding. He's so easily hurt. I fear the meanness. The dad nodded. He didn't say anything, but I thought, maybe he took it in. A little bit. We end up sitting next to a counter next to another young dad and his daughter. That dad told Caleb in great detail about the Clover coffee machine they now have at Stubbucks and how it works, and why the coffee it makes is better. They talked about pistons and forced hot water for a long time. Thank you, I told him, when Caleb got to go up to the bathroom. My son's on the spectrum too, he said. We smiled at each other, and I remembered again that we are never alone, even when fear tells us we are. I remembered again that I choose to trust in kindness. I choose to believe that my child will not be alone either. Ilya Kemler concludes with a few words of prayer. God, who holds us all in love, the children and the tired fathers and all who are afraid, let us remember again that love's pronoun is plural. We are in this together. We will not be left alone. Thanks, Anthony. So we're moving now into a time of meditation. To take us into the stillness, I'm going to share a poem which I suspect quite a few of you will be familiar with, Kindness by Naomi Shihab Nye. Maybe after you've heard the poem, you can reflect on the place of kindness in your own life experience in a few minutes of shared stillness during which we'll have a virtual chalice up on the screen. And the silence will end with a familiar jazzy tune from Sandra. So let's again do what we need to do to get comfortable, have a wiggle if you need to, maybe get your feet flat on the floor, do what you need to do to ground and steady yourself. And as we always say, the words, the music, the images, they are just an offering. Feel free to use this time to meditate in your own way.
Kindness by Naomi Shihab Nye. Before you know what kindness really is, you must lose things. Feel the future dissolve in a moment like salt in a weakened broth. What you held in your hand, what you counted and carefully saved, all this must go so you know how desolate the landscape can be between the regions of kindness. How you ride and ride thinking the bus will never stop. The passengers eating maize and chicken will stare out the window forever. Before you learn the tender gravity of kindness, you must travel where the Indian in a white poncho lies dead by the side of the road. You must see how this could be you, how he too was someone who journeyed through the night with plans and the simple breath that kept him alive. Before you know kindness as the deepest thing inside, you must know sorrow as the other deepest thing. You must wake up with sorrow. You must speak to it till your voice catches the thread of all sorrows and you see the size of the cloth. Then it is only kindness that makes sense anymore. Only kindness that ties your shoes and sends you out into the day to mail letters and purchase bread. Only kindness that raises its head from the crowd of the world to say, it is I you've been looking for. And then goes with you everywhere, like a shadow or a friend.
So we're coming now to a time in the service for a few people, if you'd like to share your own brief reflections on this topic of kindness. While putting the service together, I came across a few quotes on the subject of kindness, and I'd like to share those quotes now before we move into the sharing. They're something we often do in heart and soul gatherings to help us focus on the topic before offering our own souls. Joan Duncan Oliver said, kindness is one of the most undervalued commodities which is too bad because it doesn't take much of it to turn the day around. I wonder if we overlook kindness because it's so simple. What's really involved? Someone needs something, we help. Someone feels low, we console. Someone trips, we catch them. There's a need, we respond. The other person is grateful and relieved and we're happy knowing we could help. Kindness is a low effort, high return exchange. PM Forney said, speaking with consideration and kindness is at the heart of civil behaviour. To speak kindly, you need to be aware constantly that you are speaking to living, breathing, vulnerable human beings. Don't discount the power of your words. Will Glennon said, 
Kindness is found not just in actions and in words, but also in inaction and silence. We may not often think about that because it's hard to notice. After all, if someone bites his tongue and doesn't make a cutting remark, we will never know we could have been hurt but were spared by his kindness. The Sufi rule of speech is a good one. Is it true? Is it necessary? Is it kind? If we all used kindness as a speech barrier, much less negativity would be verbalised. Christopher Titmus said, Some people get the idea that living with kindness is a mistake. Kind people always get walked over, they claim, and so they harden their hearts so that nobody can reach them. There are risks in kindness. The most obvious one is being taken advantage of by the selfish and unscrupulous. Yes, that happens. But authentic kindness, tempered with equanimity, will not wither under such exploitation. Our kindness is then a public statement of personal dignity. And finally, Piero Ferrucci, the true benefit of kindness is being kind. Perhaps more than any other factor, kindness gives meaning and value to our life, raises us above our troubles and our battles, and makes us feel good about ourselves. So as we share, you might also want to think back over the readings to the story we heard from Anthony of the kind and not so kind interactions between strangers and that young man in the coffee shop. Or the well-known poem by Naomi Shihab Nye and the way it weaves kindness with human suffering. So we've got about 10 minutes now to share on this theme. Um, you might want to speak about the kindnesses you've witnessed or been on the receiving end of, or the kindnesses you've done for others or for yourself or the kindnesses you yearn for, those kindnesses that could make such a difference in your life, but which you feel the lack of, perhaps. As I say at heart and soul, tangents are welcome. Don't worry about following on from what the last person said or trying to make it all join up logically. The invitation is to share from your centre to the centre of this gathering. Think of it as an offering, not a debate, not a discussion, not a critique of what others have said. Um, if you want to speak, please put your hand up and I will spotlight you. I'll call on you and spotlight you. And uh, I want you each to be moved to, to share what you moved to share, but I'm also mindful of time. So bear that in mind so that everyone who wants to go can get some. And we will leave this bit in the recording by default. Um, so if you want to join in but not be in the recording, just let me know after the service and I'll make sure you're edited out. Maria, let me come to you. There we go. So can I share two examples? So the, the first one is I was with my son at the Royal Festival Hall. Yeah, the Royal Festival Hall. And as I came out, I missed my step and I literally fell right onto my face, onto the floor. I was so shocked. I was like, oh my gosh. My son was also shocked so much that he just stood to the side laughing because he was just in so much shock. And this stranger just came out of nowhere and just came over. To, and he, he looked so, it was as if I was his friend for ages. He was, oh, my gosh, are you okay? Are you okay? He was patting me down and walked with me for a little while. And then it was such an amazing thing for this stranger to do. So I'm very grateful to him. And then the other experience was a couple of weeks ago was delivering an anti-racism session and experienced very subtle racism from one of the participants. It would be described as a microaggression. So subtle that I wasn't sure what was happening. I don't think the other participants were either. It was that subtle. 
and so afterwards my my co-educators um, facilitators just consoled me so much and provided so much support as did one of the participants afterwards and checked in with me the next day and sent me such a beautiful message mm. that I will always treasure so very grateful to those people who showed that kindness thanks great there we go okay am i in speaking mode you are good um ever since i became very much in need of help it was quite physically obvious many people have just poured out kindnesses like when i descend from the bus somebody gives me a hand to to negotiate those steps i mean that's just a tiny little example and really what i want to share today is my i've been thinking about this thing of kindness and the giving and receiving that is involved and i've learned very much from my old clients when i was working with in old age psychiatry that it is necessary to allow people to see that something is required falling is a great visual indicator of i need help please um, but i think in everyday life when it's not so obvious i know that there is a stream of kindness flowing in all of us and we just don't think about it because it's the essence of life but in terms of specific need and a bit of help in the present to negotiate we must articulate say i need help and i think that's the big thing people offering help is as easy as winking for all of us i think but owning it and saying please please help me <laughs> and find a way of doing that that is appropriate to the situation that's the that's i think the collaborative part of kindness and it's always collaborative in my experience willing to receive what is offered spaces to sit blah 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 <laughs> it never ends it's full of it the world is full of it thank you thanks Michaela. it's an important reminder <laughs> hello um i haven't really planned anything but i've just had a few thoughts as we've been having these discussions about kindness and my experiences lately about political discussions and you know discussions about the monarchy and things like that i i find it people find it difficult to stay centered in their kindness when having these discussions and i think these discussions could be so much more fruitful and i don't know if we all kind of kept and centered in our hearts when we have these discussions and i find it really difficult especially when i'm talking to kind of family members or people I'm close to who have different opinions for everyone to kind of maintain that heart-centered um, communication. And it's something that I'm working on because I feel like we all need that when we're having those types of conversations. Thanks, Lucy. Yes. Um, there we are. Uh, 
just because I think kindness is just um, going beyond what's required of you. And um, I suppose my experience recently is uh, after having my room painted um, by a really nice uh, guy. And then he's uh, just possibly because I'm old and on my own, I don't know, but he stayed and he uh, put up curtain track for me and hung my curtains and he didn't need to do that. And it was just, yeah, it was just kindness and I really appreciated that. Mm. And uh, apparently a kindness I did, <laughs> which is from a very long time ago, I hope I've done some kindnesses since, but uh, was uh, one of my daughters remembering that when I lived in Gunnersbury, uh, uh, we were very close to uh, the roundabout that goes on to the A4. And um, there was a collision one day. And um, I don't know, I think it was sort of rather a country behavior on my part, but I took a tray of tea out for the people who'd uh, had the accident and also the, um, uh, the police who were reporting it and uh, they were all very pleased of course and I'd totally forgotten and then my daughter brought it up on one occasion. Thanks Julia, it's interesting what people remember isn't it that kindness sticks in people's mind. Mm -hmm. Carolyn I can see you've got your hand up, hang on, there we go. Um. Have I unmuted? You are. Yep. Yes, good. Um, well, in the uh, quiet time we had, uh, when you a nudge you gave was um, think about kindnesses that you've been given. I thought how I wish people had been kinder to me when I was had long term ME, mm. and um, I remembered something I read, and that's often how you know, single line might influence us for the rest of our lives. It was in a book by Irving Yalom. And it, he said, stop hoping for a better past. Mm. That's obviously helpful. Thanks, Carolyn. There we go, unmute yourself. Yeah, it's just a monthly uh, kindness with the litter pickers for Woolwich Common, which I try to, which I join, you know, once a month just to uh, clear all the uh, unkindnesses of of uh, the litter uh, that gets left. Quite a lot of it as well. So uh, yeah, long may that continue. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Adam. Yeah, um, just kind of reflecting on what the readings on, and on what some people have said. Um, I don't think, I think we're sometimes taught to quite kindness with doing whatever someone else wants. And that I think sometimes saying no can be one of the greatest kindnesses that you can give to someone else. And then kind of thinking about what Lucy was saying about how I've been in some a lot of quite um, uh, 
emotionally charged conversations this week. Um, and kind of, there were a lot of appeals in those conversations in forums for kindness, but that some of the people that I was listening to were speaking from such a place of trauma that I actually felt like the appeals for kindness were in themselves quite unkind sometimes. Mm. Um, like some of the people were speaking like from Aboriginal families in Australia. And I think sometimes the greatest kindness could be just to suspend suspend our like I don't know to suspend the need for everyone to speak gently from their hearts and allow people whose hearts are not in a gentle place to speak their truth because I think it's really important yeah I just think that's a great kindness to allow their hearts to be cranked open and witnessed Thanks, Karen. It's important you named that. There is often a tension between peace and justice. I yeah. In that case, I'm going to bring this time to a close with just one last quote um, by Harold Koenig, who wrote, Kindness is a gentle form of love. When kind to others, we demonstrate the very best of what it means to be human. It takes practice, persistence, patience and wisdom and seldom comes without a price, but it has a big payoff. It is truly a full life that kind and caring people live. Kindness nourishes the mind, the body and the spirit of both giver and receiver. It is an opportunity to act in a way that is essentially and ultimately divine. Amen. So one more hymn. Our final hymn today is to a familiar tune, but to the best of my knowledge, we haven't sung these words as a congregation since 2012, because it's not in any of our hymn books. So by special request, uh, Lucy and Lawrence have very kindly recorded a, record, a version for us to sing along with at home. The hymn is called The World Needs Love, and it speaks of many ways in which through our acts of loving kindness, large and small, we can help to make this world a better place for all. The world needs love. Great.
quite a few announcements now. Um, thanks to Hannah for co-hosting, to Sandra, Lucy and Lawrence for our music, and thanks to everyone who contributed to the sharing in today's service. Thanks to Anthony for our reading too. We'll have virtual coffee time after the service as usual, so you can stay and chat if you'd like. Um, if that's not your thing, as I said at the beginning, do feel free to drop us an email and say hello. Um, as, as Caroline already mentioned, I'm going to be on annual leave for two and a half weeks from this afternoon. So thanks to everyone who's minding the shop in various ways while I'm off duty. Please do support all the regular events and encourage those lovely people who are kindly leading services and heart and soul and coffee morning and all the rest while I'm away. We have got various small group activities on coffee morning, half 10 on Wednesday. There are still spaces left for heart and soul, I believe, tonight and Friday on the theme of sacred places. Contact Charlotte for tonight or Rita for Friday. Please do email the leaders direct to book. Uh, this Friday, the West London Green Spirit Group will meet in person at Essex Church to mark the autumn equinox with a lunch and reflective gathering. Uh, bring some small food treats to share. There'll be music, reading, silence and a time to share your own reflections. Get in touch with Sarah Tinker if you're planning to come to that. That's 1.30 to 3.30 this Friday afternoon. And if you're feeling energetic, you can come a bit early and join Sonia's near class, class from half past 12. Next Sunday will be a hybrid gathering. You can go to the church in person or join online as usual, and that will be led by Sarah as well. Um, if you're planning to come along in person, do always check your emails on Sunday mornings, just in case any last minute hitches mean that we have to revert to online. So if the, if the service leader or the tech host is unwell or we have a catastrophic technical breakdown. Um, after the service next week, you have not one but two chances to sing. Margaret's singing class is back. That's a free class from 12 to 12.45. That'll be happening once a month on the third Sunday. We just got shifted a week this week because of the funeral. And after Margaret's class, our friend Marilisa Valtazanu is offering many voices. That's an external event, £12 to join. And it's an LGBTQIA plus singing group where allies are welcome. And that'll be on from half one to half three. Another new thing to draw your attention to is a, week, uh, a weekly, yes, a weekly online Unitarian event together in meditation every Thursday on Zoom at half seven, led by Sheena Gabriel, Rob Alton, Richard Boba and Lizzie Kingston Harrison. Um, there will be basic instructions and formal guided practices. Uh, information about all these events and more is in the Friday email, so you can check all the details there. The congregation very much has a life beyond Sunday mornings, so we encourage you to keep in touch, look out for each other as best you can to and nurture supportive connections. I think that's everything. We've just got our brief closing words and closing music now. So I invite you to select gallery view at this point if you can, so we can get a sense of our gathered community as we close. Let us bless and keep one another. Let kindness rule in our hearts and compassion in our lives until we meet again. Amen.